And don't turn that dial because we are back. River Heights Radio with you once again. I'm Carl Hauser. And I'm Hope Busby. We are doing some traveling. Today we're coming at you all the way from the teacher's lounge. So if you hear any teachers in the background banging around, uh, that's because we don't have the authority to tell them to stop. We're not even supposed to be here. (laughs) Speaking of people who aren't even supposed to be there because they lack the requirements to do so, we've got an exciting story today. A story about our river riding, finger finding, anthropologizing Nancy Nancy. Drew, girl detective. She visited two new states, confirming two places that we don't live. Anyone gonna say the whirly bird catches the worm? I love it. Oh boy, that's sitting right there for us. I mean, this book begins with a visit to Aunt Eloise. Now you all remember Aunt Eloise from, oh, just a new character out of nowhere? Okay, that sounds right. Okay, listen, we haven't gotten a family tree. We've met (laughs) all her aunts and uncles. Would you like to continue? No. Okay. No, we're done here. (laughs) (laughs) No, so right away, some danger finds Nancy as she gets stuck like a prisoner (laughs) in an elevator. It's happened to all of us. (laughs) We're starting our day. There's not enough interesting things happening. With her aunt, she meets... Detective Boise. My dear friend Hope is not affecting a silly accent. That's his name. Detective Boise! (laughs) Nancy Drew's been called to New York in order to be told why she's going to Illinois. Nancy loves traveling. You meet the funnest people on airplanes. Oh no! No! Finds out about a mystery, which is a bit of a scavenger hunt, (laughs) that Detective Boise and his detective friends went and tried to do for a few weeks on their vacation. Like any detective. Detective Boise takes vacations in which he and all his detective friends find a mystery to do for fun. Hey, you need anything that needs solving? We're on vacation. Find a teenage girl detective. A plucky teenage girl detective. To finish your job. Alright, so you're trying to say that Nancy Drew, an amateur detective Mm-hmm. could possibly assist a man. That is a quote. I am not the one saying that. No. A man, no less, with professional training and ability in capturing criminals. The second they start talking about this mystery, we get a scent of the kind of condescension that Nancy's going to face from anyone who knows that she's a lady working on a man's mystery. It's this interesting distinction between how he's professional and she's not. This amateur status gives her a level of freedom to do what she does as she wants to. She's not a professional. She's just a girl detective who wants to look around. Unlike a professional, she has the time to waste on this nonsense. (laughs) Because Detective Boise does not. Nancy is quite charmed. His smile is enchanting. Not like the comic strip detective. No, he's not one of them comic book detectives. He's a (laughs) clean-cut, trustworthy detective. Comic books rot your brain, kids. Did you... (laughs) Did you catch when he was just kind of like, like an adult talking to a kid just like who's going to Illinois for fun, dropping state facts? The oak is the state tree of Illinois. And he's like, oh. Nancy goes into these like long rants about, oh, the history and what it means and how it works. 
And I think any child knows that blank is the state blank of wherever is like the absolute cotton candy of facts. There's no substance. Someone just decided that. Why does it matter to me? This author was much more prolific with other books. Yeah, she wrote the Bobsy Twins. Which I read many more of. This book, originally written by Mildred Wirt. It's written by Grace Grote. In 1972. It's very 70s. There's no resemblance to what Mildred wrote. It's a completely different plot. In the original, Nancy won a radio contest, won some land in Canada like you do. Yep. They decided they didn't want people taking justice into their own hands like they did in the first one. And in this one, Nancy more believably gets to join an archaeological dig. So at this supper with her aunt and Detective Boise, we find out about the villain of the book. A man named Kit Cato. Keep that name in mind. It's going to come up. I don't... What about you, Hope? I don't like the sound of this man, Kit Cato. Oh, man. Kit Cato? Kit Cato. Oh, what a jerk. <laughs> For some reason, they insist on using his full name and just bringing it up constantly. And Boise is like, <laughs> he is very dangerous. This man, Kit Cato. Eloise is like, well, maybe you shouldn't go. Boise's like, oh, I didn't mean anything serious. Yeah, whatever. She knows that her aunt just wants to protect her, not stop her from the fun of solving another mystery. It briefly mentions that her friends often try to dissuade her from solving <laughs> mysteries. Nancy, freaking stop it, please. <laughs> this is an intervention. Uh, and then Detective Boise tells her, oh, just wait until I tell my pals that a girl solved this case. I, do, I am glad to hear that Nancy is going to be safe. Her dad will only let her go if she straps on her two personal bodyguards. She'll have Bess and George nearby to soak up most of the violence. Unfortunately, there are bridesmaids in a wedding coming up, so the best best can do is bake Nancy some cookies. Guess who comes through in a pinch is our boy Ned. Lo and bold, he's got a cousin. Julianne is, I don't know if she knows that she's in the book. <laughs> she, she keeps doing things and speaking in ways, I feel like someone's behind her and, Julianne, Julianne, <laughs> say something. You're lying. <laughs> yeah, so she says things like, um, they included the um, um, it's delicious. <laughs> Oh, yeah. but Carl, it's delicious. We get to read like three pages of Julianne trying to figure out how Nancy Drew teleported from <laughs> behind her to in front of her. <laughs> then Nancy says, I'm behind you. And she's like, there are two Nancy Drews. I thought we were going to have more twins. Yeah, well, ladies and gentlemen, it was a mirror. On the St. Louis Arch. <laughs> Maybe that's an especially alluring mirror. I don't know. But nothing about this made Julianne say, and I'm there too. <laughs> Just like, oh, Nancy Drew's up there. She's got a lot on her plate, I assume. But she also has a connection with the university. She's on an archaeological dig, and they agree to let Nancy stay there. Because, oh yeah, there's no reason. On the flight out to meet Julianne. Typical flight. Too typical. Nancy gets to meet the villain of the book. Kit, Kit Cato. Even though she does not know yet that it is Kit, Kit Cato. <laughs> He is a creeper and a stalker. Oh my gosh, he just sidles up to her, huh? Her first instinct when she meets this guy is to clutch her purse closer. He's a creep. She knows it. Second, he says, oh, is anyone meeting you <coughs> at the airport? And she's like, yes. Yes, somebody is meeting me uh, at the airport. Uh, are they? <laughs> he then starts to ask her about where she lives. 
and what she does, she evades those questions. He comes off as someone who learned to do small talk from like a pickup artist YouTube video. Have confidence. Ask the woman where she lives. I've met this creep on buses. Right. Oh, can't afford a plane. I have been on planes. <laughs> I have. <laughs> so Nancy asks herself, was he about to ask her for a date or did he perhaps know the purpose of her mission? The answer is obviously it has to do with the case. As we know, dating and mystery don't mix for Nancy Drew. Oh, not until the 70s, Carl. <laughs> so then the stewardess comes around and she takes a magazine from the stewardess and I have done this. This is, this is a move you've done? Yes. Like, I read intently. Oh, what'd you say? To indicate, like, oh hey i'm busy now when you don't have you stop talking to me yeah when you don't have uh, ear pods mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta just get really into that magazine so she's she's hoping to indicate to her annoying companion <laughs> that she preferred reading to conversing with him now like a classic creeper he does not get this hint i think he does he's just trying to push past it he's like i've got to be more interesting than a magazine yeah, like a classic creeper. Like a classic creeper, absolutely. He either doesn't get the hint or, or he, doesn't he give pushes it. past yeah. it. And either way, he's scary. She tries to leave, but unfortunately in her haste, her purse strap snags on the seat mm -hmm. and the contents of her purse spill out onto the floor. And Kit Cadle goes at it like it's a like it's a pinata. Not only does he right away start helping her, quote-unquote, put things back into her purse, but he is inspecting each and every one of these pieces right. before he puts it back into the purse. Now, another woman also comes to her rescue and helps her put things into her purse and warns her, that guy's a troublemaker. Stay away from him. And Nancy's like, hmm, yeah, I already figured that out. Thanks, but also, what do you have on him? After that happens, she goes and asks to change seats. Certainly wasn't a busy flight. Who's flying to Illinois? Well, no, she's flying to St. Louis, like you do, so that she can take the whirly bird to Illinois, Carl. Sorry. I How, forget you're it. the one who's never been on yeah, a plane. I admit, yeah, I've been, I've been in this high school my whole life. Yes. She changes seats. She gets to sit by a sleepy old lady, <laughs> and she thinks to herself, what a snoopy old thing that guy was. She worries that he might use the info to her disadvantage. It's so weird when Nancy Drew has no reason to believe something, but is 100% correct. Yeah, but I think she has every reason to feel threatened by the fact that this guy, he hasn't stalked her yet, but he's going to stalk her. Absolutely. I and just mean the connection to the case creeps at Creeps on hand. her. Have you ever dropped something and the person picks it up and, like, inspects it <laughs> no, before I'm, they give it back I'm to you? No, absolutely creepy it And is. then somebody walks up to you and says, yeah, that person's a troublemaker. I am not pro-Kit Cadle. He's not He's <laughs> not my hunk of the book. <laughs> I'm, I'm Kit Cadle, and I know what's in your purse. <laughs> yes, that's how her life has played out so far. It's true. If your life worked like that, I think by this point... Right, yeah, I'd just be like, yeah. just be like oh, someone at the door it's probably to do with this mystery <laughs> why not both though what do, what bothers me is why it never occurs to her Wait there might be multiple motives for stalking yeah she finally gets to the airport you think everything's okay she doesn't see him coming out but she also doesn't see the lady to get more information she meets julianne yes i forgot she was in the book and then this stranger finds her who <laughs> and he says you know you're a little fox Jesus. Oh. Yeah. And 
proceeds to give her back a picture of her father yep. that apparently fell out of her purse. But he's, he just like scurried away like a hungry, hungry hippo. Like, how did he do that? Yeah. Ugh. And he's like, is this your boyfriend? He's a little old for you, isn't he? <laughs> he's like, not exactly. <laughs> Nancy thanks him politely for bringing her the photo. Worst of all, as they're parting ways, Kit Cadle says, I'll be seeing you. Oh. Yeah. Julianne comments as they walk away, I'm glad that man didn't insist upon a date to give you the picture. I think he's horrible. <laughs> I feel like Nancy would have just been like, my dad's still alive. I'll get another picture. Why didn't she just tell him that was Carson Drew? <laughs> she gets to the dig. Right away, she digs up a finger. First thing she finds is a uh, bones. Yes, and you get introduced to the main villain of the book. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let's put Kit Cadle aside. Friggin' Claire. Claire. Oh my gosh. Claire is the uh, little magnet they put in uh, in this book for all our misogyny. So <laughs> if you wanted to be like, oh, girls can't do things, you know what? You don't need to aim that at any of our lady friends on the dig, except for Claire. She just shows up and says things that are not remotely true. <laughs> I found a finger. Uh, that's clearly the neck bone of a miniature giraffe. <laughs> no, it's a finger. Ah, foiled again. <laughs> Doesn't at one point the leader have to be like, where did you even get that? Yeah, she won't even say. He's just like, for an article on on Facebook. Regardless, everybody else is instant friends with Nancy. Yeah, no one likes Claire anyway. She shares her, her cookies from best. That's going to get you in with anyone. Leaves them on the top of the dresser carelessly. I don't know if this has ever happened to you at summer camp or has on an archaeological dig that you happen to be a part of yeah. suddenly with no training. Right, but you bring your cookies. <laughs> you bring your cookies. You go to sleep. You have a nightmare, and you wake up to Nancy Drew. <laughs> can, we get, can, we get that, can we get that once more? Just to make sure, I want to make sure we have it. <laughs> yeah. Nancy Drew. And it turns out that a goat is e eating your cookies. It's a goat eating your cookies. <laughs> right away, you decide it must have been the boy's doings. And it wasn't even. It was not. That was so, it was so messed up. That well, it was boys doing. It was some boys. Kit Cadle's buddies. <laughs> was, why, do we, even, we don't even find that out until the end of the book. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that was you too? Yeah. It's like the one thing that didn't matter. It's kind of the goat saved her life that night. Because <laughs> they're pretty bad guys. And they're starting this with pranks. Because all because they want to find this treasure curse. Yeah. The next day, they get to meet Farmer Clem. Oh, Clem, what a gem. I feel like Farmer Clem is a very inconsistent character. <laughs> he drops some wisdom. He's got insights. And then he does really dumb stuff, too. It was hard to tell if he was going to turn out to be a villain or not. I feel like with Clem, they didn't know whether they should have just a country bumpkin. Right. Or like a salt of the earth. Like a wizened old man. Yeah. We get introduced at this point to the... Boyfriend of the book. The not boyfriend of the book. Oh, yeah. Watch your tongue. Art. And we get introduced because he makes a pun. <laughs> no, barely. Clem shows up and goes, I see you got my goat. And the goat ended up being Farmer Clem. Right. And Art goes, did we? <laughs> and Farmer Clem paid no attention Quote, to Art. Paid pun. no attention, yeah. Just like Nancy Drew with all of Art's advances. <laughs> So here's a bit of Farmer Clum's wisdom. They make such a to-do about taking care of cemeteries, 
but they sure ain't got no respect for the skeletons of folks that lived around here three or four hundred years ago. That's deep. Well, I don't know much for nothing, but it seems to me that folks today don't have the respect for indigenous peoples that they would if they had the kind of respect for them they have for each other. Yes. You want some corn pie? <laughs> No, it's not corn pie, but we'll get into that later. In the food section. Yes. <laughs> Shut my mouth. <laughs> the whole premise of this dig is that they're digging up artifacts, sometimes completely like intact skeletons. skeletons. Wired together skeletons. <laughs> yeah. Skeletons that you wave around in the night. <laughs> yes. This is because they're digging Native American artifacts, mm -hmm. the Hopewell Indians, as they call them. Hopewell, if my Googling has done me well, uh, refers to not like one tribe, but many tribes in this particular area and time. In the Midwestern area of Ohio, Illinois, under the Great Lakes, uh, because they had an entire trading system between them. They do mention that in the book that this isn't the name of the tribe, this is the title based on the location. Originally, yes. they and were discovered, the artifacts were discovered. They're getting lucky, by the way, because my understanding is cremation was the major use of uh, body disposal. Uh, and they didn't, like, make anatomy skeletons, wire them together. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like the, you know, Egyptians them. with their mummies. Barely or, below the surface. Yeah, they didn't just, <laughs> yeah, they didn't just hide well-ornamented science room skeletons. Tie a bow around it. Yeah. Too Nancy. They would have found the bones of some of the most important people uh, in, in some of the most important families, but at the rate they were, I mean... <laughs> These were probably Kit Cato's victims. <laughs> oh, 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 no! Wisely or unwisely, Farmer Club has a very antique used car. Hmm. A car that Nancy and Julianne laugh at under their breath. And Don't you know we ride whirly gigs? He says to them, what would I do with a lot of money? As he gives Nancy his lucky coin. She says, can I pay you for this like ancient coin that's your lucky coin? He's like, oh, what do I want with money? The way I see it, you can't plant it and you can't eat it. And the sun shines the same way and mustard won't taste no different. So when time comes, I, he's wise is the point. <laughs> This coin turns out to be a clue. Ah, yes. So up in the sky, there is a whirly bird. Another whirly bird. And a man is watching them with binoculars. Yeah, I think of all the places you can spy on someone from, the sky in a noise machine is the least... Oh, what's the word? Stealthy? Sure. Stealthy. Yeah. This is when Nancy begins to get a little closer to art. Nonchalant. But stealthy's better. Art thinks it will be an exciting change to play detective, setting himself up as a viable alternative to Ned. <laughs> he's the, yeah, he's definitely the, uh, the turkey to Ned's red meat. Uh, he says to her, I thought you were Kit Cadle's girlfriend. <laughs> and I don't know how he got that impression. I can't remember. What's like the age that we expect Kit Cadle to be? Because I feel like people are really hitting Nancy with some older men. Yeah, um, I think Art, though, uh, if I may, makes his priorities pretty clear the second they hop on that motorcycle, right? Yes. He says... He says I want to see you solve the mystery, and I'd like to help. But right now, let's just enjoy this ride. Yeah. And Nancy did. <laughs> Nancy was fine with that, apparently. But this is, listen, this is the difference between the people in Nancy's life, who she's going to leave in one book, and the people who get to reappear in the next one. You know, Ned's all about that mystery and football, if there's time. <laughs>
But, you know, Art's gonna Art's gonna put a little hindrance with his health. This is all so they can track down to the airport and try to figure out who had been in the helicopter watching them. They find out it was Tom Wilson, who Ooh. has a limp. Could he be Kit Cato? <laughs> in disguise. So later they find out, yeah, very much so. He shows up to kidnap people, isn't that right? And then runs off into the night on his two powerful, strong legs. Julianne, forgetting once again she's being recorded for posterity goes, but I thought Tom Wilson was lame. Using perhaps language we've now discovered should not be used the way she used it or the way I interpreted it. Literally or metaphorically. <laughs> so we find out Ned is off doing his summer job, which is insurance agent. Yeah, something just dull enough that he can leave it to be at Nancy's side at any time. <laughs> and uh, Nancy wishes he was with her, of course. They haven't seen each other in like two weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the night, Kit Cato shows up as Tom Wilson with a ladder to, to go into their dig site and, I don't know, retrieve his skeletons? That's when they see him running off. And, the, and he's limping on the other side. So Nancy gets the ladder. brings the ladder to the police. And they find out who makes it. It was Robert Lightfoot, the Native American of the book. Kit Cadle tricked this poor man into loaning him his ladder by saying that he was going to, quote, need the ladder to prune his apple trees. To which Trooper White exclaims, this time of year? That's crazy! <laughs> Wilson wants to be a detective. <laughs> then Lightfoot... Uh, gives us a quick lesson in <laughs> River like Pirates. The entirety of River Pirates are such a like in the genre of Nancy Drew style villains. Cow rustlers, New Oil tycoons, and River Pirates. It's just that Americana villain. River Pirates are just dudes who they're like highwaymen for they're just muggers. They're muggers of the river. They just sit there and wait for you to float by and are like, hey, wait, just give us your wallets and stuff. And this is historically true. Yeah, yes, yes. There's rivers everywhere, but certainly on the Ohio River, there would have been people just sitting around. And it's both like muggers and also just like it wasn't a well-policed river, I guess. There's just like a lot of outlaws just being like, I'm just going to get on the river and go <laughs> because you don't have a car or a whirly bird. So what are you going to do? What is, okay, so they went to a cave in this one. Cave in the Rock is, I think, the real cave that this is based on. And later I'll talk about that. They are trying to follow up on this lead when Farmer Clem gets very stubborn about driving over a river. Yeah, he organ trails the whole thing. And he turns over his car. Yep. Nancy Drew and Julianne, I want to say, Julianne. are in the car and it just... It capsizes. Yep, that happens. They're fine. The car's fine. Now she finds out her friends are going to join her. Best George, Bert, Dave, and Ned, best of all. The wedding didn't last forever. Are going to come meet her in Illinois. And she tells Art this as if he is going to be overjoyed by this news. I think, let's be fair to poor Art. He's very excited to meet Bess and George. <laughs> he says, at any rate, I'll like Bess and George. And Nancy says to herself, could Art be jealous of Ned? <laughs> Has she explained to him that George is a girl at this point? Or does he just not think George is going to be much competition? <laughs> Either way, he's jealous. Ridiculous. She put it out of her mind. Certainly not. <laughs> Probably has something to do with a mystery or something else. So about a page later, she figures out Art is not thrilled by Ned's expected arrival. I wonder what it is. Is it some sort of jealousy? <laughs> She goes back to her campsite and finds a note for her. You will never find the right hollow oak. 
I have taken the message out of it and destroyed the tree. <laughs> now the treasure it told about will be mine. Ha! Ha! Which, like, <laughs> thank God Kit Cattle had the force, like, the force sense to put down what he was feeling on this whole thing. Because it was so menacing until you realize he's just laughing. He's just having a goof. And right away, Nancy sees through this. She's like, okay, sure. You Have you, Kit? Uh-huh. Have you found the correct hollow oak? <laughs> so Nancy decides to make it up to Art, the whole jealousy thing, brush that under the rug by inviting him to come with her and her friends and Julianne mm-hmm. on a barge ride. That's the thing about oil and water. You just got to <laughs> mix them together, right? Yeah. That's how you get Ned and Art to be friends. And Art lowers his eyes at this idea. <laughs> And Nancy asked herself, possible he did not like the idea? <laughs> Nancy Drew and the raging teenage hormones. <laughs> yes, this is the entire subplot. It's of the this plot. That's no, the mystery's the subplot. Disagree. <laughs> so, so nevertheless, Art seems a little bit cheered up overall by the fact that he's at least not excluded from this barge trip. Yeah, he's happy until they get together. <laughs> yeah. And then he becomes Mr. Silver. We get Nancy scolding herself. You gotta have that at least once a book. Right. It's the middle of the night. She's been alerted by probably Bob. Okay, because they have lookouts at this point. At this point, they're like, listen, these guys have access to ladder technology. We need lookouts. She's sitting there scared, and she says, what's the matter with you? To herself, sternly. Sure. You're actually nervous. What are you, an idiot? (laughs) What are you, an idiot being scared of grown men who break into places? illustrations I have yet to see a skeleton comes walking out of the building towards her. We play a song Spooky Scary Skeletons (laughs) and she is very confused. And and I love it it's not even like the terror of seeing a skeleton walk towards you. It's just like that's not a thing which is allow me to think about it. Her heart pounded. That's as close as to terrified as Nancy's gonna get. And then the next second she realizes... It's a man! He must be a thief. Holding a skeleton! (laughs) A full skeleton, like you do. Like you do! So yes, Bob the Lookout (laughs) is now missing. Right! He has been kidnapped. Two things were nabbed. A skeleton and a skeleton with a boy on it. And we find out now... (laughs) Getting his Bob's got a skeleton too. (laughs) (laughs) We find out now that Nancy... Is an excellent tracker. Oh my god. She must have learned on Shadow Ranch. I don't know. She does well, it. Well, she showed some promise in the mystery of Why Like In when she identified that footprint True. from like 10 feet away. Right. That's, <laughs> wait a minute. That's <laughs> and, no beetle. And nevertheless, I feel like there's been several mysteries where if she had the skill exhibited in this book, they would have been solved a lot quicker. Right, but now, yeah, now she's showing the promise of, like, like she could be on Naked and Afraid or something. It's a real gumshoe. One of those reality shows where they just drop you in the woods and you have to identify broken branches. Survivor Detective Edition? Yes, it's Survivor Detective Edition. She finds a scrap of cloth in the tree mm-hmm. and deduces that Bob has deliberately torn it from his clothing and placed it on this tree for her to find. Bob is as good at being kidnapped as Nancy is at, well, being kidnapped. Well, you know, he's an electrical engineer. 
Right. Those those guys are smart. She's also a ham. Well, what a ham. We'll get to that. <laughs> Nancy also reads the footprints, determines which way they went, how many of them there were, mm-hmm. and that he must have been gagged because he didn't yell. That's the only way. What if you have a gun? Like, if he is threatened in any way, physically, by these men. If there were a gun, Hope, she would have smelled the gunpowder. Only if they shot it, Carl. <laughs> anyway. I've never had a gun and not shot it, Hope. I don't know what you're talking about. My favorite part is she tracks these footprints to the river. Mm-hmm. Then she uses her hands as binoculars. Yep. Tries to look all the way across the river yep. at the footprints over there. I think so far this is our best evidence that Nancy has ADHD. Or something. She just needed to, like... Get rid of all the extrasensory stuff. She had, like, horse blinders that she could just see over there real well. Well, she determines that it's hopeless. So Nancy is delighted that Ned feels like it's been forever since he saw her. Two weeks. So she goes along with it. She drives off to meet him. Art is just very glum at this point. And Nancy decides there's no doubt about it. He's jealous. Mystery solved. (laughs) Page 84. But she hopes there'll be no trouble between him and Ned. One uh, can hope for such things. <laughs> so once again, in her kind of like either or thinking, <laughs> she's like, either Art is worried about Bob mm-hmm. since he's been kidnapped. Right. Or or he's just still jealous. Foolishly jealous. So now it's another night. More bones are saved by more thieves in the night. And they find out Nancy is specifically a target. She has a black spot on her. Kit Cadle has decided she has to go. Did that happen literally? Did I miss that? A black spot? No, not a okay. black spot. <laughs> Different pirate stuff. <laughs> She's been interfering long enough, says Kit Cadle. And whoever's with him says, okay, Kit. As they're going to the airport, Art is still sulking about meeting Ned. Julianne says to Nancy, what's eating him? Nancy says, competition. Then she tells Julianne, you should go cheer him up. And poor Julianne says, could I do that? Do you think I can? He's been after you this whole time. I mean, you're so beautiful and I'm a bag of shit. My presence wouldn't offend him. (laughs) Could a human being's kindness really give him happiness if that human being is me? (laughs) Julianne successfully, temporarily cheers Art up. Yeah, it works. I mean, Art isn't blind. Julianne is Ned's cousin. Right, so she's going to be hot? Is that what we're saying? Okay, yeah. Good genes. So Ned was most cordial when he met Art. Yeah. But Art seemed aloof. Ned is used to this nearly poly lifestyle, uh, whereas Art has no idea what it's like to be with Nancy Drew. Yes. So Bess figures out very quickly that there's jealousy involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she immediately senses it. She tries to be like, hey, Julianne's pretty nice, isn't she, Art? Hey, Art, what about this one? <laughs> and Nancy? You're having none of it. Cuts her off. <laughs> stop it, Bess. Stop it. Stop it. You're blowing this. <laughs> and she says it's because she doesn't want to rush him. Yeah, like the idea is that Nancy does want to scrape Art off onto Julianne, like bubblegum onto a curb. But uh, she thinks Bess is grossly incompetent. They go onto the barge. Yes. They go into a cave. Cave in the rock. Uh, historically, uh, the cave of outlaws criminals, and kidnappers, apparently. Right? Yes, yes. Literally, <laughs> Cave and Rock 
is the cave on the Ohio River where uh, a lot of these outlaws, they would just go there. So she finds a note from Detective Boise's friend. Ace, who was also kidnapped. Did we mention that? It doesn't matter. He's also kidnapped. Well, we knew he was missing, and now we know he was kidnapped by Kit Cadle. She finds this note, and Art says, Oh, you're a wonder man. (laughs) (laughs) Julian's over there like, look, 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 I found a rock. So then the next part is kind of, we're not going to go too much into it, but she goes into a small town, finds a few police officers with a bag of donuts between them, (laughs) uh, tells them, hey... I'm thinking that this house has a kidnapped guy in it. It did. It's kind of 101 Dalmatian style. The one guy's like, ah, that's, that's, that, nobody lives there. And the other guy's like, oh, oh, maybe not. I saw evidence. And you know what he says to Nancy? He says, you may have a squirrel in the tree, young lady. So they find Ace found and gagged on the floor. This is probably the sixth seventh guy that Nancy, seventh man that Nancy's found bound and gagged just in some corner of the house. Like, I feel like in the Nancy Drew, like, if you have a bound and gagged guy, you just put him with the Christmas ornaments. Yes. <laughs> it's like, put him in the attic. Nancy will get to him. <laughs> so now they're at dinner. Mm, on the boat. It's Romantic. delicious big dinner. Okay, I know we always joke about how much they tease bats for eating, but, like, it is within two pages that they both have best say, I really can't eat another bite, starting on the whipped cream. <laughs> and the last one is romantic, said Bess, who was finishing her second apple. That's fairly healthy stuff. Whipped cream and two apples. Does not a fat girl make. I don't know if we're going to get to it, but at least they tease George just as much. So they're sitting at dinner. The captain is thrilled to find out that he has detectives aboard. <laughs> Honestly, I thought he was going to... He was very sus for that, like, for a lot of his behaviors. Most <laughs> of his... I, I think just this captain. particular captain's need to be liked by teenagers it was just, like, overall sus. He has customers to him. I don't know. I think he's one of those older guys who wants to be cool still. I imagine barges... They don't get a lot of teenagers. Yeah, they, they rely on repeat customers. You know, if you want to mention us on Yelp or uh, put this on your Insta story, that'd be great. <laughs> so, in another one of my favorite Nancy Drew illustrations ever, oh my God. ever, ever... Our log comes back again. It's the return of the log! He crashes in. The log comes straight through the window. Lands on their dinner table. But the captain explains that just happens sometimes. Logs just do that. (laughs) Yes, it's because of the waves. The log sometimes sinks, (laughs) but then it floats. And it floats powerfully. George exclaims, we're lucky to be alive. And Dave says one of the weirdest things. Little me? Emerson would have lost a great football player. Truly his facetiousness set me at ease. (laughs) But George doesn't even know what life-threatening things are in store for her. Before the end of this barge ride, George is thrown overboard. Basically because she just perches precariously. It's like, almost get sucked under the paddles of like two passing ships before they get her out of the water. They, at least they give George a little, a little tease. And she goes, wasn't that stupid of me? The others made no comment. 
Bert says you had a narrow squeak. Right. As George helps herself to a second helping of near-death experience. <laughs> in one book. In, in, in one chapter. And this is an emerging pattern where George consistently gets Snake herself bites, hurt. Falling down cliffs. Rolling down hills. Yeah, she's a real danger junkie. Another fun thing was George held up her two hands in a thank you <laughs> gesture. We all know that thank you gesture when you hold up both of your hands. <laughs> I think Hope tried to do it, and she came up with, like, a double high-five look. I tried to do it, and I come up with more of a, like, a, a spooky tree look. <laughs> Either way, it doesn't say thank you to me. Lest you think that this was an idyllic float down the river. Unfortunately, Bess notices that Art is uh, placing himself next to Nancy at every chance he gets. And when she tells Nancy about this, Nancy tries to laugh it off. And Bess says, it's serious, Nancy. <laughs> I'm going to do something about this. There's enough teenage hormones flying around that when they leave, the captain the captain sadly says, You all have become so quiet. I thought maybe something was wrong. This is what I'm talking about. He, he really this is an emotional man. Yes. This is the same guy who tries to cheer them up. They're like, no, there's nothing wrong. He's like, well, let me cheer you up. Can I tell you about a girl who died? <laughs> Here's a ghost story about a real girl who died. <laughs> somewhat works. Yeah. So even though Nancy begs Bez not to interfere, <laughs> Bez spends every moment she can with Art now, and Nancy is afraid Dave is going to be jealous. Dave's busy just like talking about how he almost got hit by a log still. You guys hear me? I said that they would lose a football player. Am I right? Uh, Ned and Art stay far apart. The group is strained. The captain tells ghost stories. Mm -hmm. And Nancy feels the need as they get off the barge to reassure the captain that they're all really good friends. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> we like each other. Goodbye. She says to herself, I'll bet Bess is playing Cupid again. Uh, there's another truck crash. There's so many car crashes. There's now. a few. And I don't know. I know cars were less, like, roadworthy. And I also know that they're not, they're off-roading in cars they should not be off They used to in. build the, the gas stations <laughs> right in the middle of the road. So they're off, about to have a, a picnic. When what do you know? A couple of kids steal all their food. Probably Probably hired by Kit Cato. <laughs> Probably hired by Kit. Kit. Well, fine. <laughs> so this is one of my favorite George Best interchanges, where Best stands up for herself. George says, it wouldn't hurt you to go without a meal. And Best says, you're a good one to talk. You eat all you want and stay slim. Fair point, Best. Yeah, F you, Best. No. <laughs> Because <laughs> we know where oh, no! <laughs> So now they find another clue left from electrical engineer Bob. Just a bunch of arrowheads. Strategically placed. Okay, so I love this part of the book because we get like two paragraphs of Bert being pretty friggin' smart with this. He's like, okay, so I can tell these arrowheads wouldn't have been left here a long time because some of them are clean. They've also been aligned in a way that makes it clear that it was done on purpose. I also say that this message doesn't have to do with the oaks. Like, he's got this whole thing, right? To which Nancy replies, yes, I think so, too. <laughs> Detective Nancy! <laughs> so now they're back at the camp. Is this when the guards show up? The guards show up from the other museum. Okay, so if you don't think these people have been bothered at their poor camp enough, just <laughs> looking for bones... <laughs> two people show up, two men dressed as security guards, and say, We're guards from the museum. 
Cairo. We've come for all the artifacts <laughs> and bones. <laughs> you know, all of them. Not surprisingly. Once again, it's just another plan that doesn't begin to work. Bold. It's a bold plan. <laughs> no one's like, oh, are you? In fact, someone's like, uh, papers? And they're like, our word is enough. <laughs> Don't you see how trustworthy we look? Nancy sneaks around their van. Gets the license plate. Clever. Clever. Best. <laughs> Threatens them. them. Yeah. With George's judo skills. Which, in another little, like, slight tip of the hat to misogyny, uh, they say, apparently, they thought George was a man and wanted none of a judo encounter. Which, like, do you want that if it's a woman? Like, are you under the impression this is going to be sexy? What are you looking for here? No, they leave. So Bess, playing Cupid... Fine, and, and friggin' succeeding so far. Yeah, because she talks to the head of the dig, who makes Julianne and Art come back to work. Because mm-hmm. this whole time, they've just been frolicking. Nancy is... Very happy to see that after one day of this, there are no signs of jealousy. Nancy's a drug you quit cold turkey. You spend one day with any other girl, you're like, oh, this is what it feels like not to be stressed all the time. This is what it feels like to not be ignored. (laughs) Wait, wait, Julianne, are you saying that you consider me a person as well? Would you like to go on my motorcycle and not talk about a mystery? Nancy kept calling me a mystery. She was like, you're a real mystery. And she didn't mean it in a fun way. Perhaps working closely with Julianne had made him realize what a fine girl she was. Ned's cousin. Get into that family. (laughs) But Nancy's still worried about strained atmospheres. But it's fine. Like, that's it just fizzles. That's it. That's that whole story. Done. Why am I still reading? Oh, right, because of... Kit Cadle, I swear. The French guy's hollow tree thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, treasure. Treasure. Or after treasure. In light of that, they show up at another site. There's a weird sign that... I, it says specifically, the treasure's in the bottom of the quarry. Oh, it, it is in the quarry. He's just like, I bet I can convince Nancy to drown herself. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, just say, in the bottom of a quarry, there's treasure. It's like a cartoon when they put up that sign that's like, treasure, Treasure. Treasure season. Quarry season. <laughs> Nancy does swim in the limestone. When she's knocked into the quarry by a dog, that is dangerous. Dogs and Nancy have yeah. not historically gotten along. They won't fight her, but they'll push her inconveniently. Yes, or ruin her flowers. After this swim, Ned tells her she needs a shower. She is gross. What was what was in that water that they kept calling her whitish? Limestone. It's really? a limestone is it a real quarry. Thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she like, that's gross. Swims in a bunch of limestone. Oh, okay. What do you call it? A slurry? A sludge? That sounds gross. I would take a shower too. Not relatedly, they find Frere Francois's lead plates in a tree or something. Yeah, that's and, and Nancy decides she won't have to worry anymore about jealousy in tense moments. Book over. Bob gets a message through to them via ham radio. Right, they listen to the news. So this is where he said Bob's a ham. That means he uses a ham radio. He used one that he apparently was kidnapped near to get a message to the news radio. He was not kidnapped near. This is where the, his electrical engineering studies. Did he make it? Yes. Is that what they say? Yes. He he built he he collects scraps. Out of Kit nothing. Kit just like keeps around. Out of nothing but a sound projector and some wires. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> well done, Bob. Bob, Bob truly is very the hero impressive. of the book. Yeah. Yes, he 
They've got the next clue, and along with it, a note. A ransom note shows up. Julianne says to Nancy, are you really going to pay the $5,000? Nancy doesn't even know this kid. How does this fall to Nancy at all? (laughs) (laughs) Are they just like, listen, we're in college, and you've got a nice dress. Can you just pay for our friend back? We'd like to figure (laughs) digging up these skeletons. (laughs) Almost. Like, inconsequentially, they do find this hollow oak down in the ground somehow in a cavern. They use the ransom plan to just find Bob and have a bunch of cops nearby. Bob reveals my favorite reveal of the whole book. Like, as he's, like, gasping for air and, like, hasn't drank water for days, he goes, By the way, he does use the alias of Tom Wilson. (laughs) Oh! Mystery solved! Then, like, apropos of nothing, they just walk a little further and find the last tree. And they find a copper hunting horn with porcelain seams from France. And a gold cross. This treasure is by this guy who, like, was a missionary and went around converting Native Americans. Right, so the treasure is basically the ability to, like, like, it's a compass as well. Uh, The true treasure is mapping America. But unfortunately, they don't have time to read the note that's in French. Because Kit Cadle shows up. And he's got a gun. He's pretty threatening. Yeah, Nancy has to stall for time. Yes, because she knows those police are about to come in. Anywhere, any day now. So she just, like, she's so bad at stalling for time in this one. It's really, give us the box. And she's like, ah, give you the box? What would happen if I didn't do that? We'd shoot you? Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh, this okay. box then. Well, I was just wondering. Yes, but, but it works. The it cops show work. up the cops a little later. Nancy reads the French note, even though it's old French. Kid Cadle, now arrested, just says everything he's ever done, as they do. <laughs> and it's just starting with, like, yeah, we put a goat in your tent to scare you. <laughs> Nancy's like, how did you even find us? Why didn't you go for the ransom? He's like, ah, I, 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 you know, I, I followed you because I knew something was up. <laughs> She's like, well, if you would have went for the ransom, you would have found nothing but rocks. <laughs> It's like, yeah, in the meddling kids of the book. Cato scowled. I might have known Nancy Drew would pull a trick on me. Like, do you know her? What is happening? At this point, Juliet is standing very close to Art. And from the looks that they were exchanging, Nancy was sure they were now very good friends. They made out all day. Detective Boise is eating humble pie. He's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did it, Nancy. Yeah, I expected you to go to Illinois and die. But you did it. I thought Kit Cadle would kill you, sure. I thought it would be funny. How do you like that? And Nancy lets him down gently and says, all you needed was more time. (laughs) Which is really the difference between her doing it as a hobby and him as a job. Yeah, once again, all you you needed was endless funds and nothing else to do. Don't you hate it when somebody takes your hobby and says, you should be making money off of this. (laughs) Right. She wouldn't enjoy it if she made money. But she would enjoy it if every once in a while someone sent her a a nice jewelry. Badge? Pin? Yeah, the things people have given Metal? Metal? No. Souvenir? (laughs) Gift? (laughs) The ladies wear it. He keeps pointing at his chest. It's a brooch? Brooch. Jeez. (laughs) Come on. Unlike Nancy, who does not want the thrill of her hobby ruined by money, we are very willing to sell our thrill (laughs) to you. That's true. We're we're thinking... For uh, any amount of money. We're thinking a t-shirt might be coming out. 
Yes, we we are enamored of with our favorite character, the log. Yes, (laughs) we'd like to get that log on a (laughs) t-shirt. It's a log. Anyone has some art skills? Listen, if you find yourself on Patreon, we are we are willing to like this less for we, money. We will be so much. We'll be unhappy that we're in doing fact, this. In fact, the more money we have, the more miserable we will be. So if you hate what we're doing, right, how do we get here? Nancy gets paid in experience. Uh, as, I'll never forget this wonderful experience as long as I live. But she says. My smile is as wide as the Illinois River Country, <laughs> concluding the things we get to learn about Illinois. Food of the book! We had some scrumptious food in this book. The dish that started it all. The dish that got an um out of Julianne. <laughs> Broiled, freshly caught fish mm. topped with buttered almonds. Oh my god, those almonds are so buttered. And then Farmer Clem shares the lunch that his wife for tents packed him. Beaten biscuits. Mmm. Which she stuffs with fish balls. Ooh, fish balls. This is when you take a fish and squish it into a ball. Yes. This is tightly packed fish. Okay, well, I want to eat biscuit. Do you ever get any of our listeners ever have a handful of tuna that they want to squeeze tight? That is not what <laughs> That's it exactly is. Exactly what it that is. That is not what it is. They also, when the captain finds out that they are detectives, he gives them extra big helpings of strawberry shortcake. Yeah. That yeah, was the one dream Bass was eating. Yeah, apples. Ned, Bert, and Dave are able to bring back the stolen sandwiches, and they also come back with handfuls of luscious berries they've found in the woods. Mm. Middle of the book, Bess's delicious supper. Ooh. You ready? Yeah. Ham patties. Ham patties. Macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese. And banana ice cream. Banana ice cream. Topped with cherries. Topped with cherries. And, and round, round walnuts. There you have it. It's a ham patty. I told you it's spam. I know. <laughs> that's right. I might be wrong. Spam. <laughs> that's what I think. Mmm, thanks, Bess. <laughs> it's like a fish ball, but with ham. As a friend once told us. Well, I think the true moral of this book comes at the end. When Bob so wisely says, I never want to be kidnapped again. But Nancy Drew doesn't hear that. Nancy wants to be kidnapped again. She wants to be kidnapped while discovering the mystery of the Ivory Charm, which is coming up next week. Until then, I'm Carl. And I'm Hope. We got one thing to say, and that's go Wildcats! Kit Kato. to have a special episode about this video game sometime i have a we have a there's a host of video games we can um oh i don't know put them on our patreon remember to support us at our patreon (laughs) you can email us at riverheightsradio at google.com or find our patreon river heights radio we'd really appreciate it instagram at river heights radio twitter at river heights fm River Heights Radio on Facebook and River Heights Radio on YouTube. Uh, and give us a review or five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you're listening. Yeah, if you listen this far, I mean, why not? We actually put a, a lot of hours 